heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. I'm guessing that if we really did take a poll right now across America or on really any street boulevard and asked Americans what they think of uh, prisoners being held in the uh, prison cells in Washington, D.C. Uh, from the event itself on January 6th, I'm guessing a lot of people probably would have not a clue of what we're talking about. Uh, most people, I don't think, would have a clue. And they certainly wouldn't know about the conditions they're in or, or really that, uh, you know, there, there's been no due process here. I mean, people are uh, being held up. Their lives are being turned upside down backwards. Uh, turmoil, for sure. Imagine if this happened to you. And, you know, that's what I'm thinking. I, I know, and I, you probably know as well, I mean, I can think of, a lot of people I know in my circles who were at that event, they were right there at that event on that day. Now, none of them got caught up into the frenzy of what they ended up locking up, which I guess, uh, and the numbers are scattered, but initially we're hearing about 500 or so were actually charged with something, or uh, actually many of them were not even charged, but they were detained, if you will, you know? So many of those people, uh, people you and I know, could have been caught up into that group. I mean, this this could have happened to you and I. The the point I'm making is that there's nothing ordinarily unique about these people other than they are patriots. They are, uh, well, probably most of them were supporters of Trump. I don't know that all of them were. Uh, But again, as we know, this crowd was also infiltrated with terrorist uh, people. The Antifa and Black Lives Matter folks were in this. This is all these reports have been said. Uh, we, we all had a bad uh, feeling about this thing uh, once it had happened, I'm saying, and this thing kind of became what it was. We knew that uh, it all nothing was what it really was being presented as. Did you have that feeling as well? That, I mean, that's really how I felt right away. And again, it always comes back to the same story, uh, my fellow Americans, and that is that, you know, the media simply doesn't report this stuff. So how would anybody really know? I mean, how how would really most Americans even know any of this story? And how would they know the truth? You see, journalism is gone. And so all of those people, I mean, you, you the only place you hear this story we're going to talk about today on The Voice of a Nation is in maybe just a handful of outlets over here to this side. But the vast majority in the mainstream media, the network, you're really hearing nothing. The only thing you heard recently was that Pelosi was putting together this uh, investigation, right? Right? That uh, she's moving forward with that in the House. Uh, that's the only thing you're hearing. But you really don't hear anything else about what's taking place here. There's very, very little coverage on this. So I think most people just believe it's sort of gone away. And there's so much to this story. It's, it's complicated, people. It's not as simple as you think it is. There's a lot of factors into this and a lot of things you don't know. I want to open up a few eye, eyebrows today here, I think, with some of the facts and figures that will come out of this. And, and as I dive more and more into this, I learned quite a bit, actually, uh, about this. And as usual, it's the usual characters who are tainted and twisting the truth. Uh, but what really worries me is these people that are being kept... Uh, 
uh, obviously against their will. And it, it's almost like, you know, another thing I was thinking of, you know how sometimes when we are battling other countries for prisoners of war, people that are being held without due process, and we, we grab, we say, well, that's not very American. That's, that's, not, that's not the way we do things here. So we, we, we have always fought with countries around the world on that, that process. And, you know, the, the way these people are detained around the world. And yet, I guess the argument really is, is that it's happening right here. It's happening right here in the United States. It's hard to imagine that, really. And it's happening right in the center of D.C. Uh, and this whole thing that took place, my friends, nothing really matches up. I mean, I, I get a bad smell from this entire event and the way it came down. Uh, got a lot happening. There's finally starting to be a little bit of outreach and outrage. Uh, we'll, uh, today, we'll, we'll talk to uh, some very interesting folks here. And uh, one of them is a group I told you about not too long ago. And that is the group Look Ahead America. And they are doing these organized protests and events, bringing awareness to this because, again, the media is not. So we're starting to see more and more of those. Uh, they'll be on the program a little bit later on as well. And I'd like to start off here really in more of a legal aspect of it. And let's bring on here, uh, Bernie Jacques joins me again. It's good to have Bernie back on with us. He's a conservative activist. He's a uh, Governor Ron DeSantis appointee, a, a former prosecutor uh, running for state representative in the state of Florida. Uh, and uh, Bernie, welcome to the Voice of a Nation again, brother. It's good to have you. Thank you, Malcolm. Thanks for having me on. Okay, so listen, I, I've got so much here, but let me let's come through a few facts here. So, all right, most of these again, I'm hearing numbers of about 500, but we don't really know any of the numbers. In fact, it, it, I'll tell you, every time you look at a number, even like how many people were there that day, you'll get 10 different reports, and you don't really know which one is true. So, and that goes along with how many people are charged. Do you know how many people were officially charged? Is it 500, or I hear some reports say 300? Do you know? Right. The, the numbers fluctuate. Um, numbers fluctuate between 300 and 500. I saw one number. It was in the 400s. And okay. so uh, I, I would say in that range, three, uh, yeah, three to four, yeah. three to 500. Yeah. So we really, again, it's, it, 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 um, it's bothersome that we can't even get a point of truth on how many people are being detained. I mean, that it shouldn't be that way, really. Uh, but all right, so they're being held for participating in the January 6th Capitol riot. Now, again, I know a lot of people that were there, Bernie, that could have easily got caught up into this spectacle. Uh, they were not. I think it's all about timing. If you were in the wrong place at the wrong time, but then there were some people who were showboating. Like, you remember the guy who was in Pelosi's office, which had his shoes on the desk and all that? You remember that? Oh, one? yes, I do. I do. Uh, I mean, that's kind of stupid, isn't it? To be having it cameras is, right. <laughs> shooting photographs <laughs> and saying, hey, I'm right. here, I made it. Or the guy, you remember the guy with the horns on? That guy is got <laughs> yes, world yes. famous, right? Now, yes. all those people are locked up now. I, I, I believe those are the ones that are still being detained. Um, yeah. And, and now there are, I guess, dozens and dozens. Do we even know how many are really held? I hear reports of about 50 or dozens. Do we know what that number is? No, again, I mean, there, there's so much uh, a lack of clarity as far <laughs> as the exact number. But um, there are several, several being held right now uh, without bond. And then, you know, what you described earlier, basically solitary uh, confinement um, in their cells. And, um, you know, this is getting a lot of attention, um, not only... Uh, among people who have traditionally always challenged the established order and the media that's, that's become so uh, 
biased, you know, especially against conservatives. But you even saw, um, and I'm no fan of hers, but even Senator uh, Elizabeth Warren yeah. um, uh, a couple of months ago actually came out and said, you know, this is kind of cruel how these people are being held, you know, in solitary confinement. Mind you, they've just been charged. They haven't been found guilty of anything. Um, that's what adds insult to injury. And it's an affront, you know, to the American justice system. You have to have a really good reason to hold somebody in that kind of a fashion. Right. That's what I understand. But yet, you know, when things are political, you know, it's it's odd, I guess, or uh, probably not. A, when, when a story like this becomes terribly political, it seems like they can do about anything, Bernie. It seems like they get away with it. About it. I, I mean, am, am I wrong to say that? To, I, I get the feeling the rules bend considerably when it's a political operation. I, I tend to agree with you. The fact of the matter is, um, a lot of people within that town of Washington, D.C. <laughs> uh, are no fans of President Donald Trump, right? We, we know that. Mm -hmm. And so when you have people who are being held, who are uh, supporters or sympathizers, sympathizers of the president, uh, mm -hmm. President Trump, uh, of course, you know, people can be more vindictive. But what ends up happening, because it's so political, even those people who know it's wrong, what's happening, they look the other way because it's benefiting um, their side politically and it's punishing, you know, those Trumpsters that they have come to despise. And so, so a lot of people then become complicit with what becomes uh, uh, injustice um, in, in many people's eyes. Okay. From a legal standpoint now, how do they, I mean, I really have no idea. I'm not an attorney, but you are. How do they go about, I mean, I understand that many of these people, most all these people have not been officially charged. In fact, they're still gathering evidence and they say they're building a database. I'll talk about that in a minute. I mean, they're spending a lot of money on building this database and evidence and what have you. But what is what is the process uh, that you should be charging somebody or not that you can really detain them and then put them in isolation as well? How does it work? It's a very high bar. Uh so the way a, a case develops, you first have the investigative phase, um, then they'll make a decision as to charging or not and it, traditionally, and then an arrest would occur. Uh, if there is an arrest, a bond amount would be set in rare circumstances. There, sometimes there is no bond. And a lot of that is based on a lot of um, facts and circumstances uh, based on the crime the person is being held for. So obviously, if it's a capital crime, anything of that egregious nature, um, it's, it's, it's customary where there is no bond. If the person has a lengthy prior criminal record, that's a factor the judge can take into effect to hold that person with zero bond. Um, or if there are out on a if they've already are out on bond for a prior charge and then they violate their pre-trial uh, release, in essence, um, adding a new charge, then the, then the judge can revoke uh, the prior bond and hold them without. But it's really rare. I mean, even some very serious cases, mm -hmm. they'll put very high bond amounts, but there's still a possibility for that person to bond out and to get their day in court without, in essence, being punished before they're found guilty of anything. And so that's, that's, that's the typical process. And then, of course, once that occurs, once a bond amount is set or not, um, the case proceeds. And so both sides, the prosecution, the government and the defense are going back and forth as far as what is happening here, uh, negotiations, uh, potential plea deals, 
And then if there cannot be anything to be agreed to, the culmination of a criminal case, of course, is the, a jury trial or uh, sometimes in some cases just bench trials, but a, a trial mm-hmm. um, where it will then be settled as far as the person's guilt or, or not. Now, none of these, I mean, it's not like any of these people, to my knowledge, have murdered anybody or done anything that is a serious offense that we know of. I mean, we're not seeing the charges, uh, but they've been held since what, March now? I mean, we're now what, March, April, May, June, July, we're coming up, what, five months here? Is that what it is? Right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty, pretty wild. And yet they're still playing games. And, and listen to this. Here's something I want people to understand now. And, and, you know, when when I tell you what I tell you next, Bernie, I think right away, what if this was you or I? Now, Bernie, we're patriots. We could, let's say we were up there. What You weren't up there that day, were you? I was not. No. no. OK, I wasn't either. But I had a lot of friends were. We let's say you and I were up there and we got caught in the frenzy because a lot of this, I think, happened spontaneously, uh, I think, for the most part. And we see a lot of the videos and pictures early on where the Capitol Police were waving them in. I mean, you right. can't get and you can't get anywhere near the Capitol. And you can't <laughs> right. you can't. I mean, this was this is a joke, Bernie. What happened? The political part of this would we'll come back to that in a second. But here's what really gets me. Let, let's let's be clear. They're in, this is mind blowing to me. How does this work now? Not only are they not being getting bond and the option and the opportunity to get the hell out of there, but they're being held in a solitary confinement. And listen to the conditions. Uh, they are uh, completely isolated from the outside world. While in their cells, they have access to a uh, to be able to message someone or to communicate with a family member through the internet they can see other accused rioters but all of this is one hour of day uh, they're out they're given outside of their cell bernie one hour a day it, 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 for like uh, let me give you an example if you want to communicate with somebody it has to be within that hour if you want to shower exercise talk to your attorneys uh, whatever the hell you want to do, that's what I'm reading here. Now, I, I think I have that right, but uh, yeah, that's accurate. That's what's happened. Now, that's mind blowing to me. How, how does that? I mean, the mental anguish, if, if it was you or I, and this has been going on for six months and we were being locked up for 23 hours a day, we'd be pretty screwed up, wouldn't we? Oh, absolutely. And, and there's a reason why a solitary, uh, solitary confinement is used. Um, uh, for the worst of the worst, because it is effective. I mean, when when you are locked up for you know 23 out of 24 hours, yes, it will do a, a number uh, on you mentally, um, you know, and and so it's a very powerful tool. Wow. It's not one that has that should be underestimated uh, for sure. And and this is what's catching the attention of a lot of individuals. A lot of people are saying, uh, is this excessive? I mean, it's it's you know what and they're asking questions but some of the dc officials um one of the excuses there there haven't really been a lot of answers as to why in particular they're being held without bond and 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 solitary confinement um one of the explanations from the dc department of corrections is that um you know there's covid restrictions that you know they they use covid um of course and they say well you know people can't really move freely about into the in our prison system anyways and so so this is a measure for 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 safety protocol as as it pertains to covid um but but honestly beyond that we're not getting a whole lot of explanations Uh, it it it, you know it's 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 concerning to it should be concerning to americans and it 
and at, at some point, people should put away their you know, political affiliations for one minute and just kind of look at this as Americans, mm-hmm. as patriots, and say, you know, we do have a, uh, a process in our country of, of due process of how these things occur, and, and people should be treated accordingly. And, um, and so, yeah, so this is a very difficult situation. I got to tell you, I mean, during my time as a state prosecutor, you know, I never once asked for a defendant I was prosecuting, and I prosecuted some pretty bad people, never asked a judge to hold them in solitary confinement, um, you know, during their, their case. It never even crossed my mind. I mean, that's how rare and extreme it is. Mm-hmm. It never even crossed my mind as, as, a, as an option um, to, to kind of ask for that type of a detention or to um, uh, call up the Department of Corrections to see to it that one of the people I sent, you know, to prison or is being held at the jail to be treated as that. Right, right. All right. Uh, Representative Clay Higgins, uh, Republican out of uh, Louisiana, uh, says the um, uh, that uh, essentially they're torturing the inmates at the city. D- D.C. is uh, torture. He says torturing the the inmates is what he's using. Uh, he and he. Well, uh, well, again, now, though, based on what you just said, Bernie, uh, 23, that is, as you just said, a very effective uh, measure to get back. And I guess that would be a sort of way of some form of torture, wouldn't it? I guess, you know. Um, to, to be locked up 23 hours a day for six months, wouldn't it? Right. And it's one thing, I mean, you know, there's a lot of people, especially there's a lot of people that don't want solitary confinement at all. You know, there's right. been advocates against this type of thing and sure. they say it's, 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 it's torture, you know, where it shouldn't be allowed in a civilized nation. I, I'm not there. You know, I think there are certain situations where you do need to use the tool of solitary confinement for the most dangerous of people. Yeah, but not for uh, protesting that, out on the Capitol steps, for God's sake. Correct, so, correct, mean. correct, correct. You're absolutely correct. And so so then, I mean, you know, the mm. punishment has to fit the crime. Mind yeah. you, we're not even in the punishment phase because nobody's <laughs> been convicted of anything. Nobody's wow. been found guilty of anything. And wow. so it's almost like we're, we're punishing people. Yeah. And, and pretrial detention is not supposed to be used as punishment. It's supposed to be used as a public safety measure to based on it's a risk assessment say all right well this person has this amount of priors this is what they're being held for maybe there's a flight risk so we're going to make the bond at this high of an amount just to kind of mitigate our risk here but it's not meant to be used as a tool of punishment punishment comes after you're found guilty and so when you have the situation currently with these protesters you know at the capitol uh then it becomes are these people being punished? Is it is this a vindictive, you know, measure as opposed to one that is comporting with public safety considerations? Because they're not giving us the answer. If there is a real reason why you're holding these people without bond and in solitary confinement, you know, let the public know because I think the public has a right to kind of have some kind of indication, or even their attorneys are not really getting much, you know, clarity um, to why they're being treated this way. And if we're not getting the explanation that something is a foul here. And, and all Americans have to um, cry foul because th- this is not the way we should treat people in our system where you are presumed to be innocent, mind you. You know, I mean, that's, that's glossed over quite a bit, but you're presuming. I was a, I was a tough prosecutor, Malcolm, but I always understood the way our system where everybody's presumed innocent. And so I proved the case beyond a reasonable doubt or until they admitted guilt. And so punishment doesn't come into after that phase. And it seems like we're jumping the gun here and are punishing people before they're found guilty of anything. Yeah, Bernie, that is perfectly well said. Uh, man, I really appreciate you putting all that out there. I mean, that puts it in context for everybody to understand how uh, egregious this whole thing is. 
Uh, now, this is a, a direct violation of our Eighth Amendment. And to be specific, I'd like you to talk about this moment, but the Eighth Amendment of our Constitution prohibits the federal government from imposing excessive bail, excessive fines, or cruel and unusual punishments. And this, this, uh, this uh, Eighth Amendment uh, was adopted uh, in uh, 1791. Um, now, I, I mean, you could, I guess they could argue some of that back, but I think, I mean, if you had a psychologist or, a, uh, you know, anybody to speak about the way these people are being held day after day, week after week, month after month, uh, with no rights at all, I think that would by surely fall into the unusual punishment that I think they're violating the Constitution, quite frankly. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And if I'm their attorney, I'm definitely looking at that. Um, and filing motions based on their Eighth Amendment rights for sure, and um, and so you know, I and I and I you know, I can't speak to every single case of, of, of people who are being held and what the government's evidence is on them. Of course, they're not revealing any any of those type of things, but but certainly, I mean, that kind of a treatment um, for being in the Capitol, you know, yeah, that one guy was you know in their Pelosi's office. Um, no one's making an excuse for that. You know, but it's, you know, what does it merit you being held 23 out of 24 hours uh, in a day um, and, and, and liberal politicians everywhere and a lot of politicians everywhere are looking the other way when just last summer, you know, these were people who were cheering on the violent protesters on our streets, on our American streets, literally committing mayhem. Um, harming police officers, burning down businesses, and they were telling police officers to stand down. You had the, uh, uh, Kamala Harris was, you know, contributing to the Bell Fund to get people out, but now all of a sudden, you know, not a word, not a word um, when, when these people are being held at such extreme conditions. Um, it, it, there, there's, there's, there's clearly an imbalance here. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, Pelosi now, she's put together this commission, uh, evidently. Um, obviously, it, it, uh, this was her own doings because it, it wouldn't pass uh, to be able to make this official. Republicans pushed against it. And, and I want to talk more about the, um, uh, the pushback coming from Republicans and also what you had mentioned a little earlier about even Elizabeth Warren and others. I have other names as well. Even on the Democrat side, there's outrage, which you already pointed out perfectly. This is an American outrage. It really should not be a Republican or Democrat outrage. Yeah, and that's that's important. We really shine a light there. Now, they're making it political. They're making it extremely. It is it's highly in, in you know, it, intoxicating here. This whole thing is political based on Trump and anything that surrounds Trump, it becomes, you know, a firestorm, it seems, um, for people. They, it's like they, the vengeance, they, they get so, the, the, it comes out of their eyes, you know, the hate, and then they want to do harm or something. You know, one of the uh, suggestions I heard recently, like, like if Pelosi does this commission, for example, okay, that she is doing in the house, just the house now. It's her own little pet peeve. They do these little projects to make themselves feel good, don't they, Bernie? You know, yes, uh, they do. Be, yeah, because it, it didn't pass otherwise. And but so she's doing an investigative commission. Uh, and so 
I had somebody here that recommended that, you know what, we could do the same thing. And this is interesting thought here. Uh, I, uh, there's an article actually on America Out Loud from Dr. Joel Holmes. And let me present this to you because I thought this was kind of clever. He said, you know what? He said, we, we have another thing we can do. We don't just have to wait for the uh, uh, party chairman, uh, Pelosi, uh, to do her thing. Um, what we could do is each state or cities even, this, this person, Dr. Holmes points out, every state, every city literally could have their own January 6th investigative commission of we the people. In other words, we know what she's gonna do is gonna be one-sided to show a political narrative because that's what they do. It's all they're after. And she said, well, you know what? We could also counterbalance that if, if Republicans were smart in a lot of these states and a lot of these cities, they would have their own investigative commissions. What do you think about that idea? Yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, it's uh, it, well, it's clear that the Pelosi, uh, you know, uh, inquiry in, into this is going to be very partisan. We already know where she stands. Um, she's taking this very personally. Obviously, uh, no love lost between her and Donald Trump, <laughs> and and um, and certainly, I mean, she tried to, um, and not only her, but a lot of uh, Democrats on Capitol Hill use this opportunity to basically pursue. Uh, conservatives who stood with with Donald Trump. I mean, look what they did to uh, Josh Hawley, right? They they canceled, the publisher canceled his book deal. Um, he was scheduled for an event in Orlando, here in my home state of Florida. Um, the hotel said, oh, well, we can't, you know, we, we, we can't have you anymore. Uh, basically trying to banish him from society all because he objected and, and raised an objection uh, to the Electoral College uh, uh, proceeding. Um, a, 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 a very constitutional um, means that he can use as a U.S. senator. And so if they will do that to Josh Hawley, you know, why wouldn't they try to silence any other um, ordinary citizen who believes in President Trump and who believes that there was a lack of election integrity in our last election? And they're going to use this as a way to silence Americans, as a way to pursue their political opponents. I don't doubt it one bit. So so yeah, so there should be other groups and entities who do their own commissions who really want to get to the bottom of this um, because it's, it's night and day, right? We can see some of the, the the things that are more jarring, right? I mean, there were things that you're like, wow, yeah. I mean, you shouldn't be breaking, you know, the windows at the Capitol or, you know, or, or doing any of that. But then you also saw some scenarios, uh, different parts of the Capitol, to your point, where they're waving in, where the police are waving in people and protesters. Mm -hmm. So there has to be questions that have to be asked as to what was occurring here, um, what kind of knowledge did they have prior to, and, and, and who are all the actors you know, involved in this? And so uh, the American people deserve, I mean, a full um, answer as to what occurred, um, because to a lot of people, a lot of people share your sentiment that something just, just doesn't feel right you know, uh, all the way here. And so you, you can't trust the politicians, uh, especially ones that are on the record being hell bent against not only President Trump, but his supporters um, and, and their movement to all of a sudden be, be um, objective people, uh, objective seekers of the truth. That's not where we're going to get. We're going to get another political witch hunt. Yeah, this all is an extension, really, of the way they went after anybody that wore a red hat or the MAGA hat and all of that uh, through the uh, uh, Trump era uh, became toxic. If you all remember out there, they were going into restaurants and going into public facilities, uh, assaulting uh, MAGA people. Uh, that became very commonplace, actually. It's the same thing happening here now with the Capitol 
sixth event. Again, it's to it's toxic is the word I would use, toxic. Anything that associated and around the Trump era and Trump himself became very toxic to the media and to the political left. And then they kind of did their damnedest. They went out of their way to, uh, you know, ridicule them. And I think that's what we're seeing here. You know, in a, in a really weird, sad sort of way, people, I will say this to you as well. Uh, you know, um, some of these people right now, I mean, they're being tortured in these jails and I mean, solitary confinement, 23 hours a day. They get one hour to get out. They're not being charged. They can't get bail. I mean, and, the, and this is all these months later. Uh, and you, you have to just begin to say enough is enough here. I mean, what are we doing? But it's more than enough that is enough. You know, there's a lot of unanswered questions still that I, I, I think, it, you know, should be a, a concern to everybody uh, that um, uh, that we're not getting answers, not only to the things we're talking about now in specific cases. And I do want to talk to uh, uh, Bernie about that. And, and let me remind everybody now we're speaking to Bernie Jacques here today. He's a former prosecutor, so he has a good legal mind. He's running for state representative of the state of Florida. He's a conservative activist, a, a DeSantis appointee, and, a, and just a great voice. And, uh, and uh, as you can tell when you hear him speak, he's a man of reason. Uh, you know, and that's the thing about this, when you see someone like Bernie that you have to appreciate, that uh, when you have uh, heart and soul, and you put your heart and soul, like he was speaking from a legal representation, you just know you want somebody like this to represent you uh, because it's all about the truth. It's all about justice. It's about getting to the truth. And uh, that, that, that is where it's at. And yet we don't, there's no justice and no truth here coming. So here's a few things I want you to ponder, people, uh, that I want you to be thinking about here. And I want to ask uh, Bernie, and I haven't asked him this. I'm curious to get his take on it, but... You know, there's some real questions here like this, like why were the electronic door locks to the building turned off? Right? That would be a real question, wouldn't it? Why, why was the Capitol Police in large part ordered not to show up that day? Do you remember hearing stories about all that? Why certain police opened the doors? I just asked them that, just talked about that actually, to demonstrators and invited them in. You know, I mean, a lot of people started saying, well, this was obviously all a false flag operation or something uh, to, uh, you know, they were talking about overthrowing the lawfully elected uh, president, Donald Trump, is what they were saying then, as reports are. But actually, that's being used in a counterpunch and a counterbalance, because I've seen a piece as well with Politico that said this. It said a massive Justice Department push to arrest and prosecute. The hundreds of people who breached the Capitol and listen to this now, here's the catch and threatened the peaceful transfer of power to the Biden administration. So that's kind of the early charge I'm hearing, threatening the peaceful transfer of power to the Biden administration. Now, all those questions and everything I just said to you, that kind of gets to the heart of the problem of the whole Capitol sixth event to begin with. That's number one. Put that over here. Then this happens, all these people get swept up, and now we see, uh, I, I get the feeling, people, they're paying a price, and they're paying the crimes for, one, being a Trump supporter, being part of the MAGA movement. I mean, does anybody really discount that? I mean, come on, people. I mean, what kind of crimes do they do? Like he, like Bernie just said, well, okay, maybe somebody broke a window. Well, shit, all right, make them pay for the window and fine them accordingly. Or give them a charge, whatever you charge somebody to trespass and break a window. You don't put people in solitary confinement for that. Hello? Is anybody listening? I mean, you don't do that stuff, people. So you know what I'm saying? This this thing is it's more than a bad smell. 
I mean, and this could be your eyes, could be people we love, people, our family, ourselves, could be people we know. I mean, like I said, I know a lot of people that were up there on the 6th that day at the event. Uh, a lot of friends and family were there. You bet. You know, so listen, something isn't right in paradise here, I'm telling you. And, you know, it's not just that it's not right and how do we fix this? But, you know, I, for one, am sick and tired of things being politicized and taking the wool being pulled over we the people's eyes. I think there needs to be, you know, it's just like this whole capital event. We never get the truth. Do you, do you feel that as well? We never get the truth. Never. It's always pushed over. And of course, everybody has short memories and we move on to the next scandal. It, doesn't that really grab you, man? We, we haven't got to the truth to so many scandals through the Obama years and the Hillary Clinton baloney and the emails and the acid wash. And there's so much. And we just keep moving on to the next problem. And that's really what it is in the media. It's all distractions. They move to the next scandal. You see what I mean? And everything else is washed away. It's the same thing here. Why did this whole capital event be, happen to begin with? You know, I mean, you know, the, the, the president telling you to peacefully and patriotically got, doesn't mean you go and ransack the Capitol and you, you know, and this becomes, and you know, again, it's a point of history. Those images and videos will be seen historically. And I'm telling you, the way they position it, too, is another thing that gets my I'll, I'll share that with you a little bit later. I went in and looked at some of the comments, even which I hardly ever do because I don't use it as a source. But sometimes it's a source of entertainment. Wikipedia, it really is a source of entertainment. And I went in and looked at some of that. And the way they presented it in there, oh, it really irritated me. I said, you Oh, you suckers, you. And it's always a one-sided conversation, isn't it? Right, right. I mean, it's always a one-sided. Anyways, enough said. I, I digress, right? I mean, come on, people. It's it's sick is what's happening here. But, you know, uh, it, it, as we begin to, as we pause here, and again, get back with Bernie Shock here in just a moment here, I want to remind you today, uh, or maybe I should question you at this point, have you taken your healthy cell? That's the real question of the day right there. You've been hearing me talk about Healthy Cell. It is a great product. I've been taking it for well over three and a half years. Uh, it is, it, it, listen, this surpasses any vitamin you might have even considered in your lifetime. You can get it in gel form or you can get it in a pill form, but it gets to the health of your cells. So it's a vital, vital product in that way. You know, you hear me talk all the time about Immune Super Boost, which has got A and D and zinc and echinacea and all the things you need to fight the virus, the flu, the COVIDs, whatever it is. It really is all about having a healthy immune system. That's what it comes down to. That's what Healthy Cell does so well. There's a myriad of products there. Uh, go to healthycell.com forward slash out loud and you get 20% off your first order. All of our listeners, I highly, highly recommend this stuff. Again, I've been taking it right along and look at me, Mr. Out Loud. Feel like Superman. Dun, dun, dun. All becomes that energy. Healthy Cell. It's good stuff, man. And uh, I highly, highly recommend it. Just click the banner ad back at americaoutloud.com or go to healthycell.com forward slash outloud and you'll get the 20% off as well. And uh, live a healthier life and be ready to help us in the battles ahead here. Uh, we'll be back with Bernie Jacques in just a moment. You're listening to the voice of a nation. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. Because of COVID-19, the average American worries about their immune health four times a day. 
That's 112 times per year. To minimize the worries, leading nutritional supplement company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost, an immune supplement that contains 15 full doses of science-backed nutrients like vitamin C, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea, all in a one-a-day pill-free gel pack. It tastes great, is convenient on the go, and it's more natural too, without chemical binders, fillers, and coatings. Supporting a strong and resilient immune system can be simple. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of Immune Super Boost. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, -E -L -L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. The cancel culture is determined to destroy our history, bringing violence and terror to city streets. America Out Loud will enhance its own message of love and honor for the American traditions and constitutional values that have always been the backbone of what America means. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. America Out Loud Talk Radio liberty and justice for all. Listen to Malcolm, the voice of a nation on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android or Alexa. Join you back here on The Voice of a Nation here. And we're talking about, you know, these uh, prisoners of war, POWs. People are starting to call them POWs. But then I said, well, was that a war? The capital sixth of them? Was was that a war? I don't I don't remember seeing that memo, but they are being called, but are they detainees? Let me ask Bernie Jacques what they, Bernie, what, what, what do we call these cats at this point? Are they detainees? Are they POWs? Are they, what, what do we call them? Well, they're they're certainly being being treated as if uh, they are uh, prisoners of war. I mean, these are the, this is the type of treatment. I mean, you're you're you'll get at you know get Montanamo, right? And um, and as I mentioned earlier, for very serious, serious, I mean, heinous criminals. I mean, I, I so it, it's mind boggling, you know, for for something to be at the pre-trial phase. Um, for people to be held with no um, bond and solitary confinement 23 out of 24 hours of the day um, for something they have not been found guilty of yet, for something that the government is not really telling us, why do they find, find these people so um, heinous and dangerous that, that, that they are to be held in such of a fashion? Um, I, I've mentioned it before in our earlier segment that really one of the excuses it wasn't even about public safety it was uh well you know there's covid considerations and people can't really move about you know the jails as the pre-covid era so that's part of it while we're keeping them in what's essence solitary confinement they try to redefine solitary confine confinement and say well this is not really solitary confinement i forgot the term they use but it's it's just more restrictive um you know a cell uh for for this or that but those are not the acceptable answers they're not good reasons I are earlier they? <laughs> i mean look i mean these 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 are people who are being investigated they're being held um but as i mentioned before in our criminal justice system all are innocent until proven guilty and you cannot punish somebody it cannot be punitive 
prior to somebody being found guilty. And so how are they doing it then, Bernie? How are they doing that then? If that what you just said makes logical sense to me, and I've heard that a thousand times in my life, how are they doing it then? Eric, that's the million dollar question. And Mm -hmm. and attorneys of these um, prisoners have been raising these questions have been seeking transfers to other prisons. Some have been successful in, in, in transferring um, to other prisons. Um, you've had some sympathetic judges um, who have you know, asked some follow-up questions to the Department of Corrections there in Washington, D.C. as to why this is occurring and to the point where they've met with Department of Correction heads to try to see what's happening here. I think it's getting to the point where now it's, it's being harder and harder to justify. So even people who necessarily wouldn't be on the side of Trump supporters necessarily, mm-hmm. just a sense of justice or just a sense of, man, we're running out of, <laughs> we're running out of reasons why we're being, why we're holding mm-hmm. these people in this fashion mm-hmm. are, are, are starting to act a little bit. But when you're seeing even some far left Democrats, you know, on Capitol Hill, even saying, I mean, and th- these are no Trump fans are saying, yeah, this is excessive. I mean, why, why are we doing this again? I've never, I can't remember when I've ever agreed with Elizabeth Warren on anything, <laughs> but, she, <laughs> but, but, but I mean, for her to come out and say, this wow. is, this is cruel. Yeah. I mean, that's got to tell you something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, the more we get into the story, Bernie, and the more I hear your, your feedback from a legal standpoint as well. And the more research I did over the last couple of days, truth be told, I, um, I, I'm, I've gotten more angry, uh, more angry about this. And, and I have to control that, but I, it really angers me. And, you know, prior to that, the last few days, yeah, many people on our platform were covering the story, uh, you know, in some fashion. Um, but I had, you know, never really looked too deep into that. And so I became more and more outraged in the past days. And then when I had this group on, which we're going to have on a little bit later here as well, uh, who were putting together a form of protest and what have you, Look Ahead America, uh, they're out of uh, the D.C. area. And we'll tell you more about them afterward. They'll be on with us. Um, you know, I became more outraged and, and I'm seeing now that this just isn't right. All right. Before I, I got a couple of things legally we've got to talk about here, but I, I need to ask you I, those questions I threw before the pause there. So have you heard these things as well? And, 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 and I'm going to ask you now to put your political hat on for me and then we'll use your legal hat in a moment. OK, fair enough. Right. Fair enough. From fair a enough. political hat now, I want to ask you, you, I mean, you're a patriot. You're a you're a you're, you're a God loving patriot. You're a good man. And so here's the questions I posed to listen. I want to ask you. All right. Why were the electronic door locks to the building turned off? Why were the Capitol Police in large part ordered not to show up the day? And I knew that the day of and the day after the event. This is a new information. We've known this. Why certain police opened the door to demonstrators and invited them in? And why we've seen all the videos and the pictures that indicated that? What do you think to any of the I know you don't have specific answers to those questions, but <laughs> but what do you think? What what What's your sense from all of those questions? I mean, what do you gather? So, right. Wouldn't we love to know uh, the answers to these questions? I mean, we, I, I've heard these questions uh, posed quite a bit. And, and here's, where, here's, where, um, here's where I stand on that. It's either one or two things. It's either mass incompetence, um, you know, uh, to the highest degree, or at worst, this was something complicit on the inside that they purposely, um, you know, created a condition where there could be a breach of the Capitol. Neither are acceptable. 
And that's why when you have this uh, phony commission that uh, Nancy Pelosi is setting up in the House of Representatives, it's, it's why you know it's not really going to get to the bottom of things because at the end of the day, the presiding officers basically run that Capitol. So the Speaker of the House um, is, 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 is really at the helm for a lot of these, uh, a lot of these things in coordination with Capitol Police. And so when, the, when questions are going to be asked, such as the ones you asked, I, I imagine if it's inconvenient to people who were in power at the time and responsible for security, um, they're probably not going to, you know, give you uh, the, 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 the right answers or the ones, you know, that Americans deserve if it's not um, looked upon favorably on them. And so I, to me, I mean, there could only be two things. I mean, it could, it's either, you know, massively incompetent or very complicit in what occurred uh, on January 6th. Yeah. You know, I, I, um, I had a bad feeling from the beginning of this thing when I started to see what had happened. It looked to me like a, a total setup, uh, the, way it, the way it all happened and the way that, you know, we got to remember now, Bernie, and of course, how, how could we forget all the time and energy and treasure spent trying to tackle Trump through four years of, admi- of his administration, correct? Right. Correct. Correct. And they were scared as hell at that point when he had all those people up in D.C. and he had the rally there because Trump doesn't give up. And then he talked to them about peacefully and patriotically, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But again, things got mixed in. Now, I've heard, you know, some of the Antifa, some of the uh, uh, Black Lives Matter folks, some of the other terrorist folks that's been documented now as well, how all that shook down. But it seems to me that, uh, you know, with all those conditions, you know, on any other given day, Bernie, if we got together a group of people, you and I, and we said, OK, let's go just for kick, just for kicks, uh, tricks and kickles or whatever. Let's go up to the Capitol and we'll ramsack and have some fun. You think we get anywhere near the Capitol? We'd be able to get in like that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> On any day, we wouldn't have been able to get in there over the past right. many, 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 many years. That's that's oh, ab- as it is, right? Ab- absolutely. I, I interned there um, mm-hmm. uh, in my younger days in college. So I, I actually worked out at the Capitol. And, and this was, I mean, well over, this was in 2009 or eight. Uh, so, so quite some time ago. And even then, you know, you couldn't just walk up into the Capitol and enter and, and mm-hmm. security be what it was on that day. Um, no. And, and, and certainly it shouldn't have been when you were anticipating a, a, a massive event of people. This was well publicized. They knew the rally was going to be held. This was the day. Um, and so, right. I mean, there has to be tough questions asked about the security apparatus. And what was being said? What were the orders? Um, what was the planning stages? Apparently, um, you know, the, 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 the Capitol Police is somehow immune uh, from freedom of information requests. And, and people aren't able to get documents that you otherwise would have be able to get um, through public record searches. So there's a lot being um, uh, hidden here, you know, quite frankly. And it doesn't instill confidence. Look, if, if you have nothing to worry about, and put out the information, put it out. Because you know what that does? It instills confidence among the public that something nefarious wasn't afoot here. But if you're obstructing and you're doing phony commissions where it's mostly partisan and you're not really answering some of those other questions, I mean, how are Americans supposed to have a good feeling about uh, 
what everybody was uh, complicit with uh, on January 6th. I mean, you, you cannot have com- public confidence in this manner. And it's been a lot of stonewalling. And, and, and then the vindictive nature of how they're being, how, how they're holding these people in jail is not doing them any favors either. That's a good point. It adds to the fire, doesn't it? Right? I it mean, does. It, it yeah, does. it definitely adds. Boy, man, you, oh, you, you, that, that was your comment there was just perfect here. You're right. I mean, and what they're doing is wrong. All right, put your legal hat back on. Do you have it close by? I know you have. You <laughs> I took do, that I do. Okay, all right, all right. Put that <laughs> back on, please. Okay, all right. All right, all right. Let me, I got a couple of things here to bounce at you with the legal hat on. Now, I understand there were two groups here, Bernie, okay? Uh, there were two discrete, d- discrete categories of participants in the Capitol uh, event, they're saying. Now, the first category is a group of people who walked through already open doors and already removed barricades and at most are guilty of a minor trespassing charge and light property offenses, which we talked about, right? You and I talked Correct. about? Correct. And, and you know why that gets me a little upset, too? And I, I, I want to share something with you before I get to the second category. That even bothers me, the statement I just read to you. And I'll tell you why. Uh, guilty of minor trespassing charges. Now, l- now, let me ask you something, Bernie. Is this or is this not supposed to be the people's house? Yeah, that's what they've called it. Now, and I've heard that all my life, Bernie. Uh, This isn't just last week I heard that statement. I've heard it all my life. This is the people's house. We the people. Now, the we the people were there uh, to uh, do a redress of their grievances. Is that correct? That is correct. And so, and then I look at this first uh, offense here, Bernie, and guilty of minor. How the hell are they trespassing? I'm really, I mean... I mean, I, I, again, I don't condone any kind of violence. You know that. And, and I know you don't either, Bernie. I don't condone any violence at all. I just simply don't. Um, yet, you know, we're getting to a point in this country where sometimes you, it's hard to look the other way anymore. But do you, do you see what I'm talking about with that first point? The, the oxymoron <laughs> yeah, no. that that is? You know? it's, a, it's a very good point. It's a very good point. Now, you know, obviously, yeah. So I've never been, in, and I don't know what, kind of orders were you know uh established on that particular day if it's somehow the capital was closed to visitors um there are you know there's a lot of these house office buildings or senate office buildings typically is how people get through the capital when i've um when i entered on capitol hill so you go through security and then there's tunnels that will lead you you know, to the Capitol. So most people, when they go to the Capitol, they don't enter directly in the Capitol building. They enter through these surrounding offices um, and then um, go through the security checkpoint and so forth. So I don't know what exactly, if it, if if certain parts are unrestricted to the public. Um, but I mean, I gave those, two, that was part of my job as an intern. Uh, you know, in addition to getting coffee, <laughs> I would give a lot of these tours to ordinary Americans, constituents who were coming up from Florida who wanted to see Again, to your point, the people's house. And we would bring them in. And it, was, it wasn't a big to-do. I mean, they coordinated with our office, so the congressman's office. They go through security. They go. They can go. They can sit up in the gallery and watch a session. I saw people all the time from, from near and far, you know, who come to the people's house. And so, so to your point, yeah, it does, it, it does sound a little funny. But, you know, so I, but I can't speak to whether there were uh, different procedures or, um, you know, unrestricted uh, areas and so forth. 
uh, on that day. All right. The, the, the second group they say here, Bernie, uh, consists of those who were violent with police officers, broke down the barricades, smashed the windows, belonged to a militia group. Now, militia, you know what they're doing there. I don't think they're speaking about Antifa or BLM. They're speaking no, about no. the Proud Boys or the Oath Keepers. Is that probably correct, I think? That's correct. That's uh, correct. Yeah, group engaged. These are our military heroes, by the way, that are in those groups. Just a small little detail, you know, Bernie. I mean, uh, engaged in, you, you know, you'd think they came from North Korea, the way they put it here, you know. Uh, engaged in military-style planning prior to the event. Discussed transporting heavy weaponry and so forth. That's what they got here. That's the second group. Uh, interesting how they have those two set up. And then it goes on to say this, the, the, um, one of the news reports I've seen, Bernie, says the overwhelming uh, share of counter-establishment reporting on uh, one-sixth has focused on absolving the first group, and, that, and this is a valuable thing. The notion that these harmless MAGA moms wandering around the Capitol where domestic terrorists engage in an insurrection is absurd. Uh, that many of these people are being held in prison without bail under harsh conditions amounts to an unacceptable and outrageous abuse of basic human rights. Well, that's well said, isn't it? It is very well said. Very well said. I mean, so those two groups there uh, is how they uh, they've lined this thing up. And uh, uh, I mean, but, you know, I'm not seeing the, the point I'm trying to make here, Bernie. I don't see a third group, people who went in uh, there to with with equipment, people who went in and 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 uh, what were um uh, how do you say, um, brutalizing people or trying to kill people or there were no guns found or any of that. So you know what I'm no. saying? No, no I, I, I look, I get it. I mean, even I mean, in, in the second group that you described, I mean, again, the, the amount of violent people I sent away to prison mm -hmm. were not treated this poorly. I mean, a lot of them were, were able to operate within general population, mm -hmm. you know, once they got into the jails or the prisons. And so, again, I mean, it, the burden is on the government. And that's, that's, it's been that way since the founding of our country. You know, we, the people, you know, uh, are in criminal matters presumed to be innocent. And it's on the government at every stage of the proceeding to produce the evidence and to justify why a certain action is taken from the pre-trial phase all the way through trial and, and so forth. And so we have a situation now where they're not, again, they're not giving us any kind of explanation that, that merits this type of treatment, other than the fact that they can just stamp a broad general label of insurrectionists. And that can make people, a lot of people just look the other way. They're, oh, okay, well, I guess they, you know, they rose up against their government. But you're going to have to give us more than that when we see the video footage. Some of these things, as we talked about, we're not making excuses for. But, you know, this is a whole nother level when you're talking about not even giving somebody bond. I mean, that's that's rare. I mean, that was rare, you know, during my time as a prosecutor where where you I already went over the circumstances where we did that. But but for this situation, the people need answers. They really need answers. The attorneys need answers. Um, and, and so we can have confidence in our criminal justice system. Otherwise, it seems to be a political vindictive pursuit similar to what you see in authoritative countries. Which is what it is exactly that. Now, uh, Bernie, let's take a moment in. You, you have a website for your, where you're running? I do. Yeah. What is Absolutely. that, please? What is that? Absolutely. It's a BernieForFlorida.com, BernieForFlorida.com. 
and that's Bernie wet a Y, uh, not I E like the like the socialist Bernie. Yeah, it's uh, a it's a B E. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. It's a B E R N Y of yep. Florida dot com. Very cool. That's right. That's and right. Uh, let's tell folks about what you're 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 running for uh, office. Uh, give a yeah, absolutely yeah. That. So I'm running for the Florida House of Representatives. It's a district uh, here uh, in Pinellas County, uh, District 66. So if you have any friends at Pinellas County, definitely refer them uh, to me um, and, and, and send them my website. Uh, but anybody, any freedom-loving patriot across the country can help and contribute uh, to the campaign. Uh, a lot of these things, especially under the Biden era, are going to have to come through the states. And you're already seeing some states are pushing back um, whether it's through their attorney generals with lawsuits or just not complying with certain you know, federal mandates. But a lot of the states are going to need to rise. And I'm running to in our state legislature uh, to keep Florida free, to help our great governor, Ron DeSantis, here uh, keep our state free and insulate us from the tyranny that's coming out of Washington under this Biden administration. And, um, and so I, I welcome your help. I enlist your help uh, to make sure that we can push back against uh, against the federal overreach that we're seeing uh, currently. Yeah, and, and this is the kind of voice uh, and the kind of passion we actually need in office uh, for sure. And you know, the other thing to remind everybody is, uh, and I tell you about this all the time, remember if you wanna impact change, it really is, everything is local. Politics are local. If you really wanna make a difference, uh, I mean, and when I say that people, I mean, getting involved in even your school boards, and getting involved in things in your community, uh, getting involved in local politics on uh, whether it's a commissioner, being a commissioner in a county or in a particular city sort of thing, or running for statewide representation, which is what Bernie Jacques is doing right here. Uh, it is all worthy of your consideration. And the other thing is a lot of times, these are the same people who end up really governing the bigger picture. But remember, politics is local. So I, I really uh, highly recommend you get behind this uh, particular candidate here, Bernie Jacques. You'll see how well-spoken he is, and it's exactly what we need in uh, political positions. People who have heart, people who have passion, uh, these are the people who represent us, we the people. You know what I mean? You know, that that's all it is. It's we the people. That's what it is. And that's the kind of people we want to have, uh, you know, in, in these positions of power. Uh, so Bernie Jacques, uh, please look that up. And uh, his website, again, is Bernie, B-E-R-N-Y, 4, F-O-R, Florida.com is how you find more about uh, Bernie there, please. So up next now, let's talk about we're going to have Look Ahead America. They've got a lot of organized protests. They're pushing back. We've also got an interesting letter that was sent from the GOP uh, just a, a few weeks back here to um, to the powers to be to make some changes here. Uh, and this is quite something, the letter itself. I want to read you some thoughts from that. And we, of course, we talked about Elizabeth Warren speaking out and also a Senate uh, Majority Whip uh, Dick Durbin has been very outspoken as well about the solitary confinement business and all of that. So we'll continue on to hour two here and we'll see you on the other side of the pause. You're listening to the voice of a nation. The heart and soul of a nation beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor, honor, honor. 
our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. Welcome back to the voice of a nation. It is Malcolm Out Loud, yours truly here, and uh, we are talking about these. Uh, well, some people are calling them POWs, believe it or not, in Washington D.C. Uh, certainly, they're being held uh, uh, under the most unruly conditions, and for a lot of reasons, which we've been talking about up front here. We had the awesome analysis there. I hope you uh, heard that and enjoyed it with the attorney there, Bernie Jacques. Uh, dived into a lot of the uh, the legal uh, repercussions for what has taken place here. And again, remember, our Eighth Amendment is very clear. It prohibits uh, the federal government from imposing excessive bail, excessive fines, or cruel and unusual punishment. Now, listen, if you were out protesting and we, we locked your ass up and you, you were put out there for five months locked up and we put you in solitary confinement, and you were locked up for 23 hours a day over the period of about five, six months. How would you feel? Exactly. Would that be unusual punishment? You bet it would be. Uh, would, and we gave you no due process. Would that be unusual? But you bet that would be. And no bail to get out or pass go or collect 200 on the Monopoly board. You bet that would be. And that is the problem right there, isn't it? I mean, right there in plain daylight. Obviously, this is a political operation. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Like everything that surrounds that Capitol event on the 6th, it's it's all political. I mean, very clearly. So I mean, you have to be a moron not to see that. I mean, we all know it's political here. Who's who's kidding who? But the problem is those hundreds and hundreds of uh, folks, patriots, uh, Americans, you know, it's almost like, you know, when we do these things with, uh, you know, we, we accuse other countries of this, right? You're, you're, you know, you see these kinds of stories come up where they're locking people up and with no due process. And, and we rail against that here. I mean, think about this, people. We, we rail against this in America, Democrats, Republicans alike. In fact, as, uh, you know, Bernie was saying up front here, this isn't a Democrat or Republican problem. I know Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and the rest of the company, they would love to make it that. Of course, they're already doing that. This is an American problem. Put on your big boy pants here and let's figure it out, people. But get these people out of there. You want to charge them? Charge them for breaking a window or whatever. All right. I mean, we're not going to send them to prison for life. It certainly didn't kill anybody or do anything. Come on, people. I mean, you know, this whole thing is whacked out, I'll tell you. Um, so, you know, let's talk now in this segment here. I, I, you know, I'm losing my collective mind, by the way, as you can see. And, the, you know, the more I learn about this and the more I go, the more angry I get, really and truly. You know, I, I just get more angry as I go. And the more I uncover, the more you go down the road a little bit and you find out more. I just get angry and angry when I hear what's going on. And most people haven't a clue of what we're talking about. Most Americans have no clue this is happening. I'm telling you, because it's not coming in the, in the mainstream network news, any of it. You have to go to other sites uh, on the fringe, on the area that are not those networks or the mainstream. They don't cover any of this stuff. And when they do, it's 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 a one sided story, as always, as you know, full well. Uh, so, listen, I want to talk now about the pushback, the outrage, if you will. And there's all there's several pieces to this now that are important, uh, including uh, just uh, oh, a few weeks ago, uh 
well, about a month ago, actually, there was a four-page letter drafted. Five Republican senators uh, penned a letter to the United States Attorney General, uh, Merrick Garland, would have been a Supreme Court justice had that gone through, right? Well, I'll tell you, he's already starting to show his stripes as well. It's a very uh, uninteresting AG, actually. Uh, so in, in any event, you have all that going on, you know. So let's uh, let's dive in and talk about the pushback and the outrage a little bit and 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 where that's at. And and we're even here in P- I, you heard up front, Bernie and I were talking about it. Even Senator Elizabeth Warren and Senate Majority Whip uh, Dick Durbin uh, are outraged in the way they're being treated now. You know, this is the first time in my lifetime that I have ever agreed with Senator Elizabeth Warren or or Dick Dickie Durbin, by the way. This would be the first. Wow. Can you believe that? <laughs> it's a could have had a V8 moment again there, man. But, uh, you know, really, though, they, they're actually outraged for it. They say the solitary confinement is uh, is is a, is a, uh, uncruel and unusual punishment. You, well, of course it is. I'd, I'd be going insane if you'd locked Mr. Out Loud up here and I only had one hour and 23. And that's to do everything you needed to do in that one hour, as I told you up front. It's insane. The whole, the whole thing is crazy here. Uh, listen, let's talk about Look Ahead America, this group uh, that uh, I like very much. They're up in D.C., the work they're doing here. I want to bring on now the national director, uh, Carolyn uh, Craze. Uh, Carolyn, welcome to The Voice of a Nation. Hey, thanks so much for having me. All right, Carolyn, we're getting wound up here, I'll tell you. It really is. The more you see about this, the more that goes on, you get angry and angrier, don't you? You really do. It's sickening, honestly. Yeah, it is. I mean, the whole thing is off the wall, and obviously it's a political operation. You know, you know. just think a minute here, Carolyn. Do you remember when we were out at the election and uh, through the whole, uh, before the election, but with the whole four years of Trump, when you had a red hat on or anything MAGA, you were being assaulted. They were going into public places, venues, arenas, restaurants, and, and conf- uh, affronting those people, confronting them. And you remember all of that? Definitely. How could you forget? Right. So it's the same thing now. I mean, in other words, you know, because you support that particular movement, because you put America first, somehow that makes you a Nazi, huh? Exactly. I mean, that seems to be what it is. I don't know. All right. So look ahead, America. And by the way, there's a link to this group. I like it so much that there's a link to this group right on the front page of AmericaRoutLoud.com. A few weeks back, we had the executive director, Matt Brainard, on, and he's been pretty instrumental in all this, as, as the whole group has been. But uh, from what I understand, you're trying to bring a lot of awareness, the group is, look ahead, America, to what's happening here. And uh, with these, pro- and I know there's a big one on Saturday, uh, which is uh, what, July 17th, correct? That's correct. Yes. And, and you have a whole bunch of these. Tell us what's going on, what the movement is, what you're trying to accomplish, so on and so forth. Yeah. So as a whole, Look Ahead America is a 501c3. We're nonpartisan nonprofit. And we usually focus on election integrity, corporate censorship, that sort of thing. But around five months ago, a few weeks after these people were arrested on January 6th, Nobody knew anything about what was going on. And so Matt sent a letter to the DOJ asking them what was going on, why hadn't these people been released, and nothing happened. And five months later, nothing had happened still. So we actually decided to take the step and take a stand and get involved since no one else was going to. So we held a rally last month in June, and it was outside of the DOJ. So we had a bit of a turnout. It wasn't as much as we had hoped for. I think the current regime had people scared to attend, 
but it did go really well. We had a lawyer there representing, I think he's up to over a dozen of the prisoners. And we had a few more speakers, but we're hoping for a great turnout at this rally. And it's looking like a lot of people are going to be there. Um, but we've hired security. We have the correct permits. So we're really thinking it's going to be a great rally, smooth. And we're well, really I, I hope you got the permits and all because, you know, they'll throw you out and they'll lock you up if you don't. You exactly, know don't you? exactly. I mean, come on. You know, you'll be the next prisoner of war there. So now I'm looking on your website now. It's rally to hashtag free political prisoners. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. At the D.C. Correctional Facility. Uh, it's at noon on July 17th. So whether you're hearing this on talk radio today here or you hear it on podcast after, it sounds to me like you all are going to be doing a series of these and you're doing these in other states and other places as well. Yes, exactly. So the main one is going to be in D.C. Matt will be there as well. But we actually have eight other states doing rallies as well. We have one in Georgia, Florida, New York, New Jersey, South Carolina, Iowa, Texas, and Wyoming. And you can find information about those as far as location, times, who to contact mm -hmm. at lookaheadamerica.org slash satellite. Slash for all the others, you mean, slash satellite. Okay. Yes. The main one is at what slash rally, right? That's correct. Yeah. 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 So what do we hope to accomplish with these? Now, this one, this one in D.C. is held at the D.C. Correctional Facility. This is where they're being held. Yes, that's yeah. correct. There's around 60 being held there, we believe. About 60. And there's others in other places. Is that it? Yes, there's several more. So we know there's around 60 being held in D.C. We've mm -hmm. recently found out there's more being held in Oklahoma, which is where they are before they get taken to D.C., and then there's even more being held in their own state prisons. We See, I, I didn't know that. I didn't. How many? Yeah. How many? Around 200. We're currently working on a list to compile mm -hmm. all of the names. Right, right. Now, I heard there were between three and 500, but that's not accurate then, or is it? The number has been changing frequently. <laughs> So we know there's at least 200, but you could be very correct. Well, you see, well, it's like the attorney said up front, Bernie Schock on the program here. There's no transparency with any of this. No, there's really not, which is why we've been having to dig in and do our own research. Right. So we're not hearing anything. So when you don't hear anything, you don't get the truth. Then you kind of suspect the worst, too, don't you? Oh, exactly. But don't you think a lot of this, Carolyn, in an in a odd sort of way, too, you know, the whole thing, the way it came down, you know, I, I posed some questions to listeners up front that we like uh, some very simple questions like why were the electronic doors locked to the building turned off on the 6th? Why was the Capitol Police in large part ordered not to show up that day, right? Why certain police uh, opened the doors to demonstrators and invited them in? And we all seen that on the videos and the photographs, remember, you know? Oh, right. Uh, they were showing them in. So when you look at all those kinds of things and then you begin to question, you know, was this thing a setup and what happened? What is your what, what's your position at, at your organization? How do you feel about this? I mean, the, the political ramifications of this, I'm asking. Yeah. So like you said, we're extremely angry and it's sickening and it's sad to think that these people have family members outside of the prison who are depending on them for money and freedom and things like that. And so we're going to do our best to ultimately try to get them free. And this rally is really to raise awareness for that. And so more and more people step up and decide to talk about it until there's no choice but to free them. 
So you're, you're so the whole idea is to put public pressure right on the whole system. Exactly. Yes. And get that's where the outrage would be. Now, what do you think about this uh, letter that was sent? The the five senators just a few weeks back sent that four page letter. You know what I'm speaking of, right? Yep. I think it's a great step and it's a great first step. Um, if you ask me, it's a little late, but we appreciate any sort no. of progression that we have. And we're expectant that this is really going to be the start of something great. All right. So getting involved in this, then the, the rally we go to uh, lookaheadamerica.org is the main site, right? And you can go slash rally to get the main one in D or slash satellite, is it you said? Yes. Slash satellite is the rally information for the other eight states. Okay. And the idea is to get people out there and put public pressure on them. That's, is that is that what you're thinking and what Matt's thinking is going to break the system is just, uh, is this public pressure? That's, I mean, right now there's no, there's no bail. Uh, there's no charges. Uh, there's no nothing. And they have solitary confinement for 23 hours a day. This is unheard of. Oh, it's horrible. And there's actually one prisoner, Chris Worrell, he's a Florida resident and he's fighting cancer while in prison and being denied treatment. Who makes these so decisions? Just imagine that. Well, I can't imagine it, but it's happening. Who's making all these decisions? I mean, who? I mean, it, obviously they sent this letter to the AG Merrick Garland, but uh, I mean, the the head of the Capitol Police, the head of DC, somebody's making these decisions. But as you say, holding back these kinds of treatments and other things is outrageous. Uh, and where's the pressure? And again, if this was on the other, she was on the other foot and this was, you know, uh, the BLM and the Antifa people locked up. What do you think the outrage would be? Right, exactly. And so what we're really hoping for is all of these satellite rallies and the DC rally will put enough pressure on the legislators and even the people at the top to really give these people their freedom back and let justice be served. And even if they get their freedom back, Caroline, my last point is this, what does that really mean? I mean, at the end of the day, what about the people who did, the, I mean, they, they've they already been assaulted. The, as far as I'm concerned, there's already been harm done and mental anguish for five months to be locked up in solitary confinement. That's not fair either. It's really not. No, it's not at all. Someone should pay a price for this as far as I'm concerned. Just letting them go and whatever they're going to do is not enough. And how many people they're going to officially charge or not. Uh, I mean, this kind of thing is insanity and, and there needs to be uh, accountability. It seems to me there's no accountability for anything in D.C. They get a pass to do whatever the hell they want to do. And the worst part about it is, Caroline, they get away with it. Yes, they really do. It really appears that way, doesn't it? <laughs> well, it does all the time. I mean, they get away with it time and time again. So, all right. So look ahead, America, get over there. And uh, and again, the, the, the big rally is in D.C. on the 17th of July. And uh, if you listen to this after the fact, I would imagine if this if this doesn't get fixed, then Caroline, I'm sure you'll all be having more rallies and bringing more public pressure. huh? Yes, definitely. We are not going to stop until we get what we want. That, I love that kind of an attitude, spoken like a good, uh, a good patriotic uh, conservative. There it is. We're not going to stop until we get what we want. Well, that's you can think about that, people. That's that's what's involved here. That's how our 
That's how we became this great country, it's great people who stand up for injustice to put justice back where it belongs here. And that's what's so important. Look ahead, America. There is a main link to this on America Out Loud on our main platform there as well. Um, I, I really encourage you to get involved. We, we've got to raise awareness more than anything here. And we, you've got to be incensed about this thing and get angry about it. And, you know, there are maybe people, you know, in your circles who are part of, who are held captive here. I, like I said earlier, I know a lot of people that were part of this event who, who were up there on the 6th. I was not, uh, who got swept into this thing. And this could have easily have happened to you. You know, it, it's that old saying that kind of goes, you know, when do we get louder? When, when do we get out loud? When, when do we get louder? Well, they came for, you know, someone I quite didn't know down the road, so it really didn't matter, you know? It didn't impact me. And then they came for a neighbor and, you know, yeah, it really didn't impact me. And yeah, they took a relative, but eh, what the hell? I didn't even like that relative anyways. It really didn't impact me. And then one day they stepped out of my house and they wanted to arrest me, the bastards. Then what, right? Is that what it is, people? When do we pay attention exactly, I wonder, huh? Is it all for one, one for all? Is that what it is or something like this? Or is it hooray for me and the hell with you? I wonder what it takes to make something like this happen. I get angrier as I keep hearing this story time and time again, I'll tell you here. Big thank you here to Caroline Craze there. Uh, lookaheadamerica.org here. Uh, check it out, please. Now, the outrage and the pushback, we're going to bring Wallace Garneau on in just a few moments here and uh, talk a little bit more and expand this conversation about this. I want to talk about that letter specifically, too, that the senators, there's some interesting things in that letter uh, to share with you if, you if you didn't get that or read that. So we'll talk about that in a moment. We'll take a quick pause here, my fellow Americans. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to The Voice of a Nation. Listen to Malcolm, The Voice of a Nation, on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. Well, my fellow Americans, how did you feel watching footage on the news of domestic terrorists looting our stores and burning our cities down? Uh, you were probably disgusted and angry as much as I was. It's disturbing what's going on. Well, you'd be shocked to know that your shopping habits are supporting these extremists. Companies like Amazon, Nike, Disney, FedEx, it's an endless list. And they've been supporting these radical groups. Let's stop supporting companies that fund these extremist groups. We can all do our part. Visit shoptotheright.com and you'll find businesses in a nationwide database and companies that are aligned with our American values. Visit shoptotheright.com and let's all make a difference. AmericaOutloud.com. Simply put, we're patriots who believe in Ronald Reagan's vision of a shining city on a hill. From sea to shining sea, you can listen in on iHeartRadio. Our free apps are on Apple, Android, or Alexa or our world-class media player. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Each of us is born with 30 trillion cells that make us. These cells determine how we feel, perform, sleep, focus, and how long we live. And to live our best life, all we have to do is feed ourselves. 
but most food and supplements don't reach our cells, keeping us from reaching our full potential. Make every cell count with Healthy Cell. Founded with a mission to empower people to take control of their own health at the most fundamental level, Dr. Vincent Jampapa, world-renowned cell researcher and medical doctor, created supplements that work at the cellular level to boost immune health, sleep better, focus deeper, and stay younger longer. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of any product. And that's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L. -L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. The silent majority has spoken. We say, let the silent voices be heard. You can be the voice of change. Contact our producer at libertyatamericaoutloud.com. libertyatamericaoutloud.com. Now, the headline on this one should be um, Prisoner of Wars, POWs in DC jail cells, and compliments of the Marxist left, right? That should be the headline. Problem is, it's hard to find any headlines that get into any level of truth. Again, it's your Marxist media uh, at play here consistently, which is why there's so much bad information. You either have bad information or you have no information, you see? But you never get real information. There's never any truth. And the stories, they're so bogus, it isn't funny. Let's talk about the pushback. We talked about the legal ramifications. We talked about the outreach with uh, Look Ahead America and what they're doing, get involved. In order to change something like this, the only way you're going to really do it is to create public pressure. Uh, you, you've, you've, the outrage uh, has to be there from Americans. That's the only way you're going to get um, Comrade uh, Pelosi and, uh, and um, Dick Wad Schumer. I know I shouldn't say that, but I couldn't help myself. I, I, I digress. I apologize, Your Honor. Uh, but the other way you're going to get them to, uh, can't believe I even said that, like I said that, shame. I'll have to edit that out maybe, I don't know. Um, but um, anyways, the other way you're going to get uh, them to pay attention is public pressure. You know, public pressure, we've got to bring more public pressure to it. And that's the only way these people buckle, because the only the only drumbeat they, uh, they actually uh, pay attention to is the drumbeat of power. Power, power, power. That's what all they're after, people. All right, this letter. All right, so this letter to the uh, uh, to Merrick Garland, this guy could have been a Supreme Court justice. You know, looking more at his policies and what he's doing with the Department of Justice, he, he, he fits right into the Marxist left program. Now you see how why the Supreme Court is always political when they say, oh, yeah, these are just ro people in robes. They just honor the Constitution. <laughs> joke, joke, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. This is another cat that would fit into that that far left crazed uh, position there. But anyways, the five Republican senators got together, penned their letter to the AG. Uh, this was just done a few weeks back in June. And it was to give outrage. Uh, and they say here, let's see here, uh, despite numerous examples of violence during the social justice protests nationwide throughout the summer of 2020, individuals charged with committing crimes at these events may benefit from infrequent prosecutions and minimal, if any, penalties. They're speaking, they draw the comparison to the BLM and the Antifa, the burning of America's cities, the hoodlums and the, 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 the mayhem that was happening all over our country. You know what I'm talking about here. Uh, you're seeing that play out over the last couple of years. 
And that was happening everywhere in America. But, you know, everybody got a pass. And then if you did get arrested, you got no cash bail anyways. We'll let you out on the street. You can go criminalize somebody else. Right? What's wrong with that picture? But that was OK, because that was the left's agenda to make an ass out of the whole situation and burn down the cities and create lawlessness. That was to show that Donald Trump wasn't governing properly. You see, that was the political. Everything has a political strategy to it. I'm telling you, that's that's all it is. So this letter uh, is, is is fascinating as hell. And the, the point I want to talk about in a moment here is they go bullet by bullet and they have particular examples in there. Uh, questions that they're asking Merrick Garland, which I find fascinating as hell. Uh, let's explore that next with Wallace Garneau joins me here. And you, you've heard Wallace before on the platform. He's a columnist here on the platform, a writer and a great voice here. And great to have Wallace here. And uh, all right, so let's let's slice this thing up, uh, Garneau, and talk about what they're up to. And I'm talking about the letter here first and the outrage is crazy here. They, they're asking Garland, answer a list of 18 questions related to the criminal prosecution of defendants from the spring and summer 2020 unrest compared to the January 6th. Okay, so let's do a contrast and comparison here of the thing. So here's what they're talking about. This is interesting, Wallace. They say, number one, did federal, and this is about the spring and summer unrest that was torching our cities and burning everything down and that was publicized all over the world, made, made us look like a third world country. And in some cases, some of our cities are beginning to look that way, quite frankly. If you took a picture of some of them, you wouldn't even know what city that is. I promise you that much. Uh, the first one here is, did federal law enforcement utilize the geolocation data from defendants' cell phones to track protesters associated with the unrest in the spring and summer of 2020? If so, how many times and for which locations and riots? And the reason they say that, because with the Capitol breach, listen to this, the question is, did federal law enforcement utilize geolocation data from defendant's cell phones to track protesters associated with January 6th? Because the, the answer to that question is they did there, but they didn't for the other. Do you see what they're, the comparison of this letter, what they're saying? Pretty remarkable. Absolutely, it's remarkable. What we're seeing is uh, two standards of justice being used in America today. Uh, what we're seeing is that the law is being applied in a, in a completely political sense. Uh, what we're seeing is that to the political left, the law only exists to the extent that it can be used as a weapon against the political right. There's no expectation in this country that Democrats will follow the law. That's why they can commit $2 billion of property damage and break into the Senate chambers during the confirmation hearings of not one, but two Supreme Court justices. Uh, commit the exact same, if you want to call it an insurrection, call that an insur insurrection as well. Nobody was even arrested for it, Malcolm. We're seeing two completely separate standards of justice. They did in Oklahoma, too, with no, no you see that, with no uh, recourse as well. This happens all the time. Uh, people want to redress their grievances, I think is what they call it, don't they? Something like that. <laughs> um, right. Uh, now, number two on here, how many individuals who may have committed crimes associated with protests in the spring and summer of 2020 were arrested? by law enforcement using pre-dawn raids and SWAT teams. Now, this is kind of cool. This is what they're sending to the AG that they want answers for. And then for the Capitol breach, they say, how many individuals who may have committed crimes associated with the Capitol breach were arrested by law enforcement? Do you know we don't even know the answer to that? If you heard me with uh, Caroline and then speaking to the attorney up front, we don't even know the answer to that yet. We don't know if it's 200, 300, 400. And none of them have been arrested yet. They haven't been charged with crimes, but they're being held against their will. 
Right. Well, yeah, that's that, that's right. And I think it's important that we as Americans understand that this all goes back to 2002 with the National Defense Authorization Act of 2002 that authorized American citizens to be held indefinitely well, without so much as a hearing, an arraignment, an attorney. You don't have to tell their families that they're gone. You can just pick them up off the street and hold them indefinitely on suspicion of being a terrorist, supporting a terrorist, committing terrorist activities or whatever. I think the official term in 2002 was to, to label them an enemy combatant. Uh, today, they're calling them insurrectionists. But what we're seeing is we're seeing the complete abdication of, of, of the Bill of Rights against these people. Uh, they're being held uh, on an unconstitutional law that we were told was never going to be used against American citizens. And I think it's time that we wake up and we see that we were sold that bill, or that National Defense Authorization Act, rather, on the grounds it was going to be used to protect us from terrorists. And now what we're being told is that we are terrorists. So I think we're seeing is the militarization of the law against the American people. If you're an American person who thinks for yourself, you're in danger. You know what? Let me read this to you here, actually. I just remembered I found this earlier. Uh, I, I don't. I, the only thing I would use Wikipedia for is I would use Wikipedia for a humorous moment if I wanted a laugh or if I ran out of toilet paper, uh, Wallace. It's one or the other, typically, but nothing, nothing in between the two. Otherwise, that would be it. Man. Sorry, I call it as a. So in, in listen to this now, this this really gets me and it goes to the bigger point here. So. The 20, the, all right, in the Wikipedia, 2021 United States Capitol attack. So I'm thinking here ahead, how is history going to judge all this? Uh, what are they looking at? What are we looking at? And when we look back in the history books, what this was all about. And, you know, what their goal is, is to label and pin this so hard to the back of Donald Trump's back uh, that they can so that he is totally black and blued uh, from... His whole uh, time in office, the whole four years, uh, remember, they had two what um, attempts to impeachment, right, Wallace, too? And they talked about a third one, remember? You know, they were ready to do a third one, uh, but they never did, right? Well, they actually talked about impeaching him even after he was out of office on the grounds that if they could impeach him even out of office, maybe they could prevent him from being able to run again. Uh, but I think it's important we understand Trump isn't really the target. You know, Trump's not in office now. Whether or not he can win in 2024, I don't know. Certainly he's so we the target. We the people is the target. You're right, bro. Well, certainly the 72 million people who voted for Donald Trump. But even then, if you have two people running for office, maybe they're both on the left, but one of them is the one that the establishment wants to have elected and the other one is not. If you're voting for the other guy, now you're the enemy too. So it, it's this is dissent is is what is the, is what the true enemy is. Dissent is what they're coming after. They're giving us an agenda. They're giving us a narrative. And in what they're doing, this is a practice run. They're going out. They're arresting Americans. I mean, let's face facts. There was about one point five million dollars worth of property damage done in the Capitol building on December or on January six. About one point five million dollars. Now that's property damage. That's legitimate property damage, and that probably means that there were some felonies committed. But the vast majority of these people are being arrested for supposedly trespassing in the people's house. Whether or not you can trespass in the people's house, I don't know. I'd imagine maybe in some circumstances you can. But the point is, that's a misdemeanor. So now we have people that are being held for five months, in some cases, uh, in, in uh, solitary confinement. And you can go crazy in solitary confinement. Oh, yeah. They've been being held for five months for what is probably going to come out to be a misdemeanor. I, we, we've never seen anything like this. Uh, that's what the attorney was saying up front too. Bernie was saying that, uh, you know, you just don't do this in America. You, you never do this. We, we would call out another country that would be doing this, right? 
Well, in the past we would, but I mean, look what the Biden administration is saying about Cuba right now. According to the Biden administration, the problems in Cuba are related solely to COVID-19 spiking there. The fact of the matter is the people in Cuba, they're being very, very open. They are protesting, not COVID. Maybe COVID is something to do with the timing, but they want a regime change. They don't like communism. They're sick of starving to death. They're sick of not having bandages in their hospitals. They want a new economy. They want a new form of economy and they want a new government. Yeah, yeah. And the I mean, Biden administration won't say that. No, no, you're exactly right. And what you said is exactly what, what was said. Uh, you speak about this so well, and I hope we get a couple of minutes to talk about it. Uh, Wallace has got an outstanding um, op-ed on the platform at americaoutloud.com back there. Uh, Cuban people chant liberty as totalitarianism rises in America. Uh, but he gets into more of it's very good because it, it pulls out multiple points that, that, well, totalitarianism has never worked, people. You can brand it or package it however you want. You can call it communism, socialism, Marxism, whatever the hell you want to call it. Uh, or, or you can call it Democrat as well. Right, Wallace? <laughs> At this point, yeah. It doesn't really matter. Well, it is the Marxist Democrats, clearly. Uh, the Democrat Party is gone. It's history. So now it is the Marxist Democrat Party. I've got to call it as it is. All right. History and judging this whole thing right now with the outrage of what's happened. I mean, we got I mean, the first thing. Yeah, we got all these people that are being locked up. And I, I tell you, I the more you look at this here and you really understand what's behind all this, it's the anger should be so loud and deafening in our nation to see what is really happening in real time. What, what would you venture, first of all, how, how, what would you venture? How many, if you were to guess a percentage of Americans who understand the core point of what we're talking about right now, Wallace, that I'm speaking about the fact that these people, hundreds of people are being held without any, no bond. They're being held against their will. They're being held in solitary confinement. How many, what percentage of people do you think know that's happening? 20%. 20%, you say? Yeah. I'm just looking at my figure and sticking up in the air. I don't have anything to go behind that. Uh, but generally speaking, there are certain numbers with that, that drive activity. For example, uh, the American Revolution had about a third of the country supporting it. About a third of the country was against it. By country, I mean the colonists at the time. It was not yet a country. But about a third supported, but a third were against, and a third don't, didn't care. I think in our situation today, because the media is so polarized in one direction, and it's become a propaganda source, uh, I think the numbers are skewed from that. So I think it's probably about 20% know what's going on and are very upset about it, like you and me. I think about 40% of the public is apathetic. And I think about 40% of the public is following the propaganda and buying into the narrative. Yeah. I mean, you're, I don't discount any of the numbers you say there, but it just shows you a lot of people don't want to get involved in this stuff. They just feel if it's po political in nature that somehow it gives them a pass and they don't understand the old, the old axiom, uh, really, Wallace, that, you know, listen, you, you either get involved in politics or uh, politics will surely get involved in you, right? Well, you might not realize it, Malcolm, but you said something a little bit earlier about when they came for me, nobody was left. You almost quoted Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Uh, he wrote, uh, you, you, were, you were essentially paraphrasing him from uh, part of his book, The Gulag Archipelago. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he told us the last possible moment when you can fight it. What he said is when they come into the apartment complexes, when they come into the, the neighborhoods, grab your poker, grab a stick, grab whatever you have, mm -hmm. go out there and beat them down. If you don't do it then, that it's going to be exactly what you said. When they come to your door, nobody's going to be there to help you. You're going to get arrested and disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I know historically that uh, 
That is accurate. And that's where I was going with that statement. I mean, there are a lot of ignorant people. And, you know, my goal here uh, with this program, with the Voice of a Nation, and quite frankly, with the wider platform of America Out Loud, Wallace, is uh, to put justice back where injustice is, uh, to right the wrongs. This is why these kinds of stories, it doesn't take much for me to get revved up with something like this. You understand? Oh, absolutely. And I think the other thing that's a factor in this is fear. I think that a lot of the people are apathetic. They're apathetic because they're afraid. Some of them know what's going on. Some of them are very, very concerned about what's going on, but they're thinking, you know, I don't want to be in a government list. What am I going to do? I'm just one guy. And my answer to that is, and this is the Marine in me speaking, at some point you have to be willing to die on a hill. And if this isn't the hill you're willing to die on, what is? Yeah, well, no, you go down like a cockroach. I mean, well, either but, we all stand together or we all hang separately, just like I think that was uh, Benjamin Franklin. Yeah, yeah. Might have been John Adams, but I think it was Benjamin Franklin who said that. Either we all stand together or we shall all hang separately. Yeah, amen. Yeah, so I've promised twice, now the third time. Let me read this damn Wikipedia thing because I want your opinion on it. This It irritates me because... When you look at the historical footprint of how they'll address the thing, listen to this. It says here, I mean, this whole thing is crazy, people, but this tells you the propaganda put out there. All right. It says this called to action by Trump. Thousands of his supporters gathered in Washington, D.C. on January 5th and 6th in support of his false claim that the 2020 election had been stolen from him. Now, this is public information, the Wikipedia. That, so they're, you know, they give it like it's gospel truth, fact, his false claim, like there was never any election fraud, nothing happened. That's the talking point coming from all the CNNs of the world. And it's right here on Wikipedia, right? All right so this is history in the making now. And to demand that Vice President Mike Pence and Congress reject Biden's victory. Start at noon on January 6th at a Save America rally, uh, Trump repeated false claims of election irregularities and said, if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. During and after his speech, thousands of attendees walked to the Capitol and hundreds breached pol police perimeters uh, as Congress was beginning the electoral vote count. Many in the crowd broke into the building, occupying, vandalizing, looting, for several hours, they assaulted Capitol Police officers and reporters, erected a mock of gallows on the Capitol grounds and attempted to locate lawmakers to capture and harm. Some rioters, rioters chanted, hang Mike Pence, after Pence's rejection of false claims by Trump and others that the vice president could overturn the election results. Some vandalized and alluded to the offices of comrade Nancy Pelosi, as well as those other members of Congress. So that's how history looks at this thing. When you look at this right now and nowhere in So here's how twisted things are, Wallace. When you, I, I read that and I, I laughed. I, I laughed and about spit up the coffee I was drinking earlier when I read that damn thing. I, like, I find this like a comedy hour, you know. Never did I read in there the quote when Trump said, okay, uh, when he was talking about making America great, okay. He was talking about patriotism, okay. And he said to peacefully and patriotically. He didn't say, let's go down and ransack the place and break shit up and uh, uh, assault people. Never said that. He said peacefully and patriotic. He's a law and order president. He doesn't say, I've never heard the man call for violence up there. I mean, uh, to do that. So anyways, but that's how history, what do you make of that? Well, what I, what I make of that, the first thing is, uh, I think the first sentence you read from that Wikipedia article stated that Trump's claims that the election was stolen from him were false. I want to address that first. 
the Trump, uh, I don't think there's any doubt Trump would have won the election if COVID-19 hit. So you could say COVID-19 largely stole the election from him. We know now that hydrochloroquine is uh, taken with zinc is very, very effective against COVID-19. Had that been utilized as a medication very early on, perhaps Trump gets reelected. Unfortunately, Trump said it was effective. He was right. It is effective. Now they're saying that at least uh, even if you take it late after you get the disease, as the symptoms get bad, you're still three times more likely to recover than if you don't take it. If you take it very early, it's very effective. So Trump said it was effective. All of a sudden, now it's not effective. Nobody can take hydrochloroquine. Had they taken it, I think Trump wins the election. We probably save about 600,000 lives. So, you know, some very, very dark things going on. And then you look at that Time Magazine article. I know I sound like a broken record with this Time Magazine article about a well about a well-funded cabal. But Time Magazine literally did an expose where they gave us the names of the people who did it. They showed us how all of these different groups, Google, Twitter, Facebook, the mainstream media, how they're 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 they're, hurt, they're subverting our access to information in order to make sure that only the narrative that with the well-funded cabal wants spun is the narrative spun. And now Biden's telling us that with regard to the vaccine, uh, they're, they're changing the definition of what misinformation is. And now all of a sudden something can be misinformation, even if it's factually correct. And what they're saying saying is now they're going to tie in Verizon and the other cell phone carriers, and they're going to block text messages that you may send directly to your friends and family through your cell phone. If you say anything that may dissuade somebody from getting a vaccine, even if what you say is 100% factually correct. So uh, what is we're that true, is that it, statement you just made? Now, hold on. I've heard that now. I've heard that several times and I've seen it in uh, social media. Is that true, that statement? Yeah, Jen Psaki said it. Or Jen Psaki, how do you pronounce her name? Jen Psaki. Yeah, Jen Psaki. She, yeah, she absolutely, it's absolutely true. And it's, it's nothing new. The Biden uh, administration, as soon as they took office, started talking about how they can censor the American people as long as they're not doing it directly, as long as they outsource it to somebody else, as if the government has the legal authority to outsource something it doesn't have the legal authority to do. Now, it's, what we're seeing, Malcolm, is a very, very dangerous time. We are seeing literally the end of the American Republic. And you know, when, some, when Time Magazine comes right out and says, yeah, we stole the election, but the people who did it are heroes, you know, and then they say they want democracy. Mm -hmm. And then you think about the absurdity. You throw mm -hmm. critical race theory at us and tell us the American people are horrendous people who do horrendous things. Oh, but we're going to trust them to run the country. Yeah. How can people believe that? I, the 20 the, percent the of the public. And here's the thing. Let's say that all of the claims on January 6th are true that there was an insurrection, that it was intentionally an insurrection, that they were trying to overthrow the government of the United States of America. Let's say for just a moment that was true. We know it's not true. We know it was nowhere near that serious. But let's say just for a moment that it's not true. If I could give one piece of unsolicited advice to the Biden administration and to Democrats in general, it would be stop giving us legitimate cause. You don't want more insurrections? Stop making it legitimate to, to, to give them to you. Because if we want to support and defend the Constitution of the United States of America, the federal government's not doing their jobs. We have every right to demand that they fix it. It's hard to top what you say there, brother. I'm not going to step in your way uh, because it's accurate. Well, I, I, I want to be clear. I'm not saying that we should have an insurrection. I don't, I'm not going to say something here to get me in jail. I'm just saying that there are legitimate causes. Our federal government's not doing its job. Mm -hmm. It is so far beyond the bounds of what a constitutional republic, according to the Constitution, is supposed to look like. Now, what are we supposed to do? Sit back on our hands and say, oh, Wally's me. I guess we're Cuba now. And that's why, they, by the way, they can't say anything negative about Cuba's regime because they want to have similar stuff here. I look at the powers they're doing. They're going to prevent you from saying factually correct information about a vaccine on your cell phone. What else are they going to block us from saying? 
We know I mean, a well-funded cabal through the election. We know that they gave us misinformation throughout the election. They wouldn't let us talk about Hunter Biden, who is now selling millions of dollars of artwork to people who are kept completely, mm. completely secret. You know, I mean, how long do they have to pee down our necks and tell us it's raining before we figure out the water's yellow? Uh, you see Elizabeth Warren and uh, Dick Durbin. Uh, you see they were outraged about the solitary confinement. Did you see that article? I saw that, and they should be. I think that what we're seeing is some of the people on the Democrat Party as ideologue, as, 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 as strong of an ideologue as Elizabeth Warren may be. And I've called her on your program a fascist. I stand by that statement. She's supporting actual fascism. But at, at least she sees that we have, at least she sees a, a perversion of justice when she sees it and is willing to call it out by what it is. And that letter you read, by the way, as strong as that letter was in some areas, it was nowhere near strong enough. Now, we need to start calling it for what it is. We need to start being blunt. We need to start being direct. Yeah, well, the politicians are not going to be that way. Trump was that way, as you just said. That was his. That's why he offended them. You know that. I mean, well, he also was threatening to end the gravy train. That's right. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. He was a he was a uh, a threat and an insult to the entire establishment, and that's why he resonated with the American people. Indeed, uh, Warren says, "I want to read you this." She says, "Solitary confinement is a form of punishment that is cruel and psychologically damaging." And she was talking about this in an interview. She said, "And we're talking about people." who haven't been convicted of anything yet, she says. This, this, is, the, this is the Marxist Democrat uh, senator saying this. Uh, are you are everybody hearing me? And, and, she, and she goes on, let's say here, she says here it was, it, that while some limited uses of solitary confinement are justified, she's worried that law enforcement officials are deploy, deploying it to punish the January 6th defendants or to break them so that they will cooperate. Wow, wow, wow. What do you say to that? It's pretty crazy, isn't it? Well, it is crazy. And I think she got it right with the second one. I think that uh, that eight years in the military, you know, I've had some training on this. Not a lot. I wasn't I wasn't a, a SEAL or anything like that. I was just a combat engineer. But when you're captured by the enemy, if they want you to say things that are damaging to your country, if, if they want you to say things that are damaging to your cause, like, for example, uh, you stop bombing Hanoi, you know, whatever the case may be, they want you to say something disloyal. They will use things like solitary confinement and other forms of torture in order to break you so that you will say whatever they want to just to make it stop what they're looking for for these people they're looking for people to come out and say yes it was insurrection yes i was driven by trump yes this yes that they're looking for people to sign confessions that may or may not have any truth to them at all and, and then they could use those confessions as, as political weapons against more people so you know, now they're going after these 200 or 400 or 500 people whatever it is we don't know because according to the national defense authorization act of 2002 and and since they don't have to tell us and that was a republican who put that in place that wasn't even a democrat so now they don't even have to tell us. And, and you know, now we're now we're reaping what we sowed when we didn't do anything in 2002. When we didn't demand in 2002 that we not violate the Constitution, that we not end our republic in order to protect it. You know, we were already wrong and uh, we weren't willing to die on that hill. I think now maybe we're getting to a point where uh, if we don't die on this hill, we're not going to have any more hills to to stand on. Yeah. You know, now we're getting very close to that point. Let me read you this here. This is this is striking. This is this is striking. Now, everybody, stop what you're doing. Put your put your cup down or your your cocktail if you're if you're having happy hour. Just just listen listen to this statement he puts here, and then tell me what you think here. Okay, everybody, what would a political purge in America look like? Well, that's the question. Okay, now here here's here's the answer. 
It would look a lot like the political purges that have taken place in other countries. The first step will involve employers mandating politically based training, followed by layoffs of conservative employees. That's happening. Conservatives, in the meantime, would be recklessly and ruthlessly attacked by the press. Well, that's happening. As public sentiment increasingly turns against conservatives, and that's happening. They will be labeled dissidents, extremists, and potential terrorists by the government, and that's happening. In other words, the first parts would look exactly like what we see in America today. It's quite a statement, though, Wallace. If you want me to scare you, I'll tell you what comes next. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, January 6th, I believe, uh, obviously some felonies were committed on January 6th. What the circumstances of that are, I, I, don't, I don't want to get into that right now. But, but obviously, $1.5 million of property damage, somebody did something wrong. Uh, but when you start arresting hundreds and hundreds of people, very few of whom did anything like that, most of whom, even if they entered the building, they just entered it peacefully, walked around, uh, you know, walked out, essentially committed a misdemeanor. Now, and, and you're holding them for five months. You're holding them in, in, the, in the conditions that, that we've been talking about, solitary confinement and what have you. Um, we're not doing anything about it. And what that tells the government is that if they can do that to 200 people, maybe they can do it to 2,000 people. If they can do it to 2,000 people, maybe they can do it to 2 million people. If they can do it to 2 million people, maybe they can do it to 20 million people. Uh, what I think we have to look at is that our ability to kill has grown exponentially since the beginning of the Industrial Revolution. And now all of a sudden you start looking at the powers that the NSA has. Now they listen in on every, they don't actually listen to somebody listening in, but every one of our phone calls, every one of our emails, everything we post to Facebook, everything we post to your network, everything that goes online in any electronic way, and it doesn't have to be online on the internet, it can just be a, a phone call. The NSA is listening in on that, at least with computers, listening for keywords, key phrases. And then if they hear those keywords and key phrases, that gets kicked up. And eventually somebody is listening in on it and they're cataloging these things. And, and I do believe there are lists out there. I believe I'm probably on a few of them. You're probably on some of them too. At some point, they're going to start coming out and they're going to start going after the dissidents. The notion that they're going to censor us uh, forever while leaving, while leaving things like America out loud out there, you know, no totalitarian government has ever done that in the history of mankind. At some point, you don't just censor. At some point, you come in, you arrest, and you send to the gulags. And if there's anything we can take from Alexander Solzhenitsyn, it is that communism, fascism, other totalitarian systems, that kind of punishment system, that kind of mass incarceration, that kind of mass murder is baked into it. You can't do one without the other because a totalitarian system needs to have obedience to survive. If you allow people to be disobedient, if you allow people to say, no, you can't just kill people indiscriminately. If you allow people to say, no, you can't throw somebody into solitary confinement for five months for committing a, at, at most a misdemeanor. If you allow that kind of dissent, you don't really have totalitarian control. So what we're seeing now is a government that is seizing totalitarian control. Guess what happens if they get it? And that's what we should be scared about. You know, Joe Biden, just the other day, he was comparing Republicans to uh, to Confederates, which is ironic because the Confederates were Democrats. But he's saying that what happened on January 6th was actually worse than the Civil War, because at least as bad as the Confederate Army was, at least they never stormed the Capitol. Well, they couldn't storm the Capitol. We had the Union Army between them and the Capitol. But he's actually trying to say that we are worse than an enemy army that, that 700,000, 650, whatever it was, hundreds of thousands, I think it was about 640,000 to 700,000, depending on how you count, Americans died in the Civil War. And he's saying that this is actually worse than that. 
And then he says, literally, and he says, no hyperbole. I mean, do we hear the words that are coming out of this man's mouth? Yeah, no, I mean, you do hear the words uh, coming out. You just can't make sense of them most of the time because he doesn't put the syllables together real well when he's reading the teleprompter. But uh, it, it, it obviously is all a joke here. You also say in here, and listen to this here, it's a strike, and this gives, it gave me a lot of food for thought playing on to what Wallace is talking about. He says here, imagine what it would have looked like had Hitler, Stalin, or Mao had access to the kinds of information the NSA collects on everyday Americans. Imagine if they would have had access to Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram accounts. Imagine if they would have had access to the technology of the modern police state which was your point, Wallace, about the NSA and how they track. And by the way, in your reference to me and in your reference to how much gather uh, information they listen into everything and what have you, let me tell you right now, they have a whole room in the Utah desert that's called Out Loud. And they have everything in there that is out loud. So that is all my world there. They have a whole room dedicated to us, brother. They ain't just listening. They put all our stuff in there, you know. They keep track of, I'm sure. Well, if they arrest if I'm not the first person arrested, I'll be insulted. <laughs> you're so you're, you're volunteering for that. All right. Then we all go down one, two, three here, right? Uh, it, it, is, uh, it, it is absolutely remarkable. That Times article you talked about you, that you bring up frequently enough, we need to dissect that a little bit uh, and, um, and uh, do up a piece on that or something on that, because you're so right the way you put it out there so eloquently to say they admitted everything and yet admitted nothing, huh? Well, they admitted everything, but what they tried to do is they tried. This goes back to what I said earlier about you can't possibly believe the American people, these evil racist bastards. And then at the same time, believe that we should allow them to decide who's going to run the country. With that, with that article, that Time Magazine article essentially said is that they saved the American, American democracy from the American people by essentially saying, well, if the American people were worthy of democracy, who would they elect? And they said, well, we're going to put the person they would elect. Were they worthy of having an actual election in the White House for them? And what, what Time Magazine did is it championed those people. It called them heroes of democracy for giving the American people who we would have elected were we worthy of having the ability to do so. And that's that's what we have right now. We have right now is we have one side that believes they're the moral and intellectual elite. And they believe that uh, they can give us the leadership that we need and that if we were smart, if we were a part of the moral intellectual elite, if we were not evil, that that's who we would elect. So all they're really doing is giving us who we would give ourselves if we had the moral integrity to do so. And, you know, you, you and I hear that. We see through it. We know what's going on. This is becoming a totalitarian one-party system. But I have to believe there are people on the left who honestly believe. I think Hillary Clinton honestly believes she's one of the most moral people on earth. I don't think wow. Joe Biden does. I think he knows he's a snake. But I think people like Hillary Clinton, Barack mm -hmm. Obama, I think some of these people truly believe that they are the the moral upstanding human. So you know, they've convinced they themselves that. of that. In other words, they, they, they think they're the brand of patriot. They think they're a patriot, don't they? They think they're a cut above a patriot. Yeah. And what I what I fall back on, on this in a little history lesson, other yeah. people thought the same thing. You know, Hitler did not believe he was evil. He thought that he had the moral yeah. integrity to do what must be necessary. And he yeah. thought he was courageous enough to do it when nobody else would. Yeah. Uh, we look at it and we say, well, yeah, you killed six million Jews. That's kind of evil. He looked at it and said, no, I yeah. just had the balls to do what other people wouldn't. And when people say Trump is Hitler, they're, they're talking about Trump's bombastic nature and, and, and the, the sense of, mm -hmm. of, of, of competence, not competence necessarily, but, but confidence that he projects. He projects a strong sense of confidence 
Well, that's the comparison, but that's also where the comparison ends. What I look at is I look at somebody like Hillary Clinton, who has absolute, uh, absolute certainty that she is a, a moral yeah. cut above everybody else. Or Barack Obama, who believes he's this intellectual and moral elite. And if, if they don't have any, if they truly believe that about themselves, then they're willing to do far more than somebody who still questions whether or not they're doing the right thing. And we should all question whether or not we're doing the right thing. The whole point of a constitutional republic is to have lots of voices in there with lots mm-hmm. of different beliefs yeah. that all think, you know, yeah. that's where the checks and balances come in. And what they're saying now is, yeah. no, you guys aren't worthy of, of having any part of this governance. So we're just going to run it for you. And we're going to give you the appearance run. that yeah. it's, it, they said that too about the vaccine. Yeah. Uh, Jen Psaki yeah. said about the vaccine, they want to give the American people the appearance of having a choice. Well, what they don't want right. to give us is a choice. Yeah, well, they're running it. All right. They're running it right into the ground is what they're doing here uh, to the point here. What's really spooky about everything you say there and everything you're talking about is and it, for all of you out there that are pinching yourself right now is this is all really happening in real time. That's what it's hard to get over. It, it is a pinch me moment. It's like it's really happening. These kinds of stories, things we never thought we'd be talking about growing up as kids, thinking America was always secure, that we were never going to be faced with. And yet it's happening and it's happening faster and faster and faster and almost where you can't get your hands on it anymore. The story, because it is so outrageous, you know, pretty much. Right. And and that's what we're up to. You know, that that uh, article to end it this way with Wallace, he says, and, and this is, again, ends the piece here, but it's worth talking about. Those who want to be free need to be increasingly vocal against the forces of totalitarianism rising up in America. This may come as a great economic cost to some of those people, but if history is our guide, the lives of untold millions of Americans are at stake. Totalitarianism kills, period, end of story. Hmm. Remarkable people, huh? You agree with me there, I am sure. Remarkable times we are living in. Uh, wow. Well, we'll see you all back there at americaoutloud.com. What a great program here, and tremendous thank you to all of our guests here on the program. And I, I hope what this has done is opened your eyes a little bit more uh, and that you realize the outrage is real, it's justified, and the anger is, uh, is just. We, we should be angry at this point and demand more. And it's going to take these kinds of uh, not only conversations, but movements. What can we do? We're being outfooled and outfoxed at every turn, it seems. we got to change that narrative real quickly. Thank you again, my fellow Americans, for being with us on the mission. It's time uh, to get involved and get loud.